0: And Solskjaer has won it, and you've heard that somewhere
1: before. What a night for Manchester United. Alright, welcome back to the MUSC podcast, episode 22. Um, we've got special guest Nick back from United Down Under. How's things? Really good. Once again, Tom, thanks for having me. No, pleasure. Now, rumour has it Larry is back in the country, um, but those reports are unconfirmed, but, so I'll try and touch base with him over the weekend, but he was at the Wolves game, so I hope you enjoyed his little five minute pop- um, podcast the other day, actually interesting, fact I was talking with Larry, his last two podcasts that he did from England, both went for exactly 6 minutes and 24 seconds, so I don't know it's if really he, he's playing that, yeah, that is weird, but um, i have to have a word with him about that. Now he did touch on the Wolves game, um, but we'll get into it just a little bit, your thoughts, and there's sort of a lot of fallout from the game in certain different incidents, We'll start on just the general performance. Before the game, I said I would take a draw, or I'd be content with a draw. What are your thoughts, overall thoughts? I wouldn't have been content with a
0: draw before the match, no. I was kind of hoping that we'd take the momentum from the Chelsea match and take that into the Wolves match. Um, I think, on paper, we're definitely a better team than Wolves, so I would have liked to see that, combined with the momentum from the previous match, be converted into a win. that being said, Molyneux is a very hard place to play at. I did think it would be a low scoring match, so I thought it would be probably 1-0. I, I thought some, someone like Rashford and Martial would produce a moment of magic and you know get us up. I thought our defence would have been strong enough to hold them out and to a degree they did. It was from a set piece that we conceded. Oh, yeah. um, just a shame that once we conceded for that 30-35 minutes, we couldn't really yeah. touch them. I mean, we had two shots on target. One of them was Pogba's penalty. Yeah. Um, that was on yeah. target, give him that. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get into Pogba that. and his penalties later. Of course. Um, but we didn't really have that urgency, I didn't I didn't think. I think uh, Solskjaer was probably too
1: late in trying to influence the game. I thought his subs came on way too late. I think they're late against Chelsea as well, um, from memory. Like, they are a, a frustration. You can understand from his point of view, and it's, I think, a sign of the lack of depth terms of maybe not trusting his bench when you see the names on the bench it is quite significantly weaker than the starting lineup. so that might be a factor in why he is waiting he wants his strongest 11 out there for as long as possible but it is frustrating when you think just change it this isn't working but like, throw this guy on. Possibly and to your point uh, in the Chelsea match we coasting we're up
0: 3-0 after you know what 60 or 65 minutes so you can kind of have that freedom to uh, delay making any subs. But when you won all in the 60th minute, 65th minute, whatever it was with 55th it could have been with Ruben Neves' goal and the pressure's really on to change the game, Uh, waiting to the 80th minute to bring on Mata for Lingard. uh, I I
1: think think it might have been a case which, as I said, you wouldn't have taken before the game. Personally, I would have Where I think Solskjaer might have been, okay, it's not going our way, Wolves are on top. I think Solskjaer might have been happy with a draw to get out of there with a the draw. You consider he lost there twice last season in the space of a few weeks. Wolves don't drop points often against the top six at home, or they don't lose at home to the top six, should I say? I think there was a time, maybe 20 minutes ago, he said, "I'm taking a draw here." Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I kind of had that thought when I was
0: watching the team play. It was like, you know, he was delaying making the subs. The team didn't seem to have the urgency, and they're supposed to be a really fit team now. Wasn't really saying that. So I'm thinking to myself, maybe, just maybe, they're happy with the one point. Yeah. It's an improvement on the two losses like what you talked about. Um, but it feels like a loss, man.
1: Oh no, especially when you when you're one if we're one 0 down and we got the equaliser and you think, okay, good point, but when you're one nil up and then you sort of drop you drop those points from a winning position, I think that does add to it. But I remember looking at it last season in those games Chelsea at home and Wolves away last year we took one point this year we've taken four points now obviously you want to take six points but that's that's an extra win over last season those extra three points yeah sure. in those three yeah. points we make the top four I forget how much we've missed out by last year three points was it something like that so we get in the top four with that extra win and we've made that and obviously that's not how football works but, but I'm, I'm trying to take the positive on maintaining side the same results that we got up well in last season well the point it's a good point if we beat Palace. If we don't beat Palace, it's a bad point. I mean, yeah, I'd, agree with, that. I'd um, agree with that. Now, we started a pubcast player of the year. We haven't thought of it. We haven't thought the details too, too much at the moment. First week, Maguire got three, we got two, one, Bissaka got one. Now, me and Larry have disagreed on the the Wolves match. So I'll just get your thoughts, and hopefully you're with me, so I can give my three points to this player. But who was your... If you're given a 3-2-1 system... Who was your man of the match? Anthony Martial. Oh, God, no. He, he, he got our one for okay. um, uh, both Larry and I. 3-2-1, um, so number Se- two. Second, Aaron Yeah, Yeah, Wambasaka was number... Actually, he was my three. I, I gave him man of the match. Um, what do you think Harry Maguire? That's to Larry. who was at the game, so he had a different view. Um, he gave M- M- Maguire the three points. Uh, yeah, I mean
0: he didn't really put a foot wrong but I didn't think he dominated the same way as what he did against Chelsea there's a few times where he didn't look as uh, confident as what he did against Chelsea there's yeah. a few times where uh, you know, he, he dived in or you know, he played back a dodgy pass to De Gea he, just, he didn't look as composed as last week yeah. um, I would feel comfortable saying that him and Lindelof performed the same way yeah well, oh, I wouldn't say that Lindelof was better.
1: I wouldn't say that Maguire was better than Lindelof. I think they're pretty equal. No, I agree with that. Well, we'll I'll discuss next time i Larry, we'll, we'll sort out the 3-2-1s for the Wolves game. But I personally give to Aaron one Basaka, I thought he's personally very good. He's just fantastic. Um, I think that is our back four going forward. Though. I don't think there's any hurdles. There's not going to be any hiccups with that. I think it, 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 it
0: depends on Luke Shaw.
1: I, I think Luke yeah. Shaw's the weak link. No, he's no like, potentially a weak link, but he's our strongest left back. Yes, Yes. Uh, at
0: at the moment. I
1: I think for now I want to see that back four every week. Up until January, if they're fit, they play.
0: Me too. Um, But to touch on what I just said, I think it depends on Luke Shaw's form. I haven't really been impressed with him throughout pre-season and the first two games of the season. To me, something doesn't look right about him. Doesn't look like he's confident. Uh, He's not really backing himself with the ball at his feet. Uh, I mean... I think it might get to a point where Young comes in. I know
1: a lot of people are calling for it. I'm not at that point yet. A lot of people are forgetting there's still a Diego Delo who can play on the left. He hasn't made the bench in the first two weeks. No. So be I, I, I do prefer Delo on the right. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, definitely on the right. But... I, I know he can play left, but I do prefer him on the right. Um... Anyway, we'll get into Palace preview. I assume we'll both pick Luke Shaw in our start at 11, but we'll get into that at the moment. Now, one thing we didn't really touch on, which was the major issue in... The, in the Wolves game was the whole penalty debacle or was it a debacle or was it just one of those things or is there a bigger issue at hand but poor Popper won I think it would have been a great goal if he got through and scored it was, it was going to be a fantastic goal but he gets brought down <coughs> then the uh, supposed circus happens okay Rashford took the penalty last week what was your general thoughts on what happened see
0: Popper got a lot of criticism from Gary Neville and oh, a yeah. few other people we'll get into Gary Neville but yes uh, calling but it's selfish and it all being about him and that's why he wanted to take it. I don't have a problem with him wanting to take it. He won the penalty and Solskjaer kind of touched on this in his post-match interview, saying he likes a confident player. He likes a player that's going to come in and say, yes, give me the ball, let me take it. I've no problem with that. Um, My problem is with the structure. I I think Solskjaer should have said, uh, this game, it's rational. He scored the penalty last week, so we're going to continue with Rashford. I think... It, it seemed pretty clear to me that he hasn't done that. It seems like it's out of him and Pogba, between the two of them, they get to decide who takes it. That's all well and good,
1: but... when problems like this happen, it a bit of a can of worms. Well, I remember, and look, I haven't played for Man United, but i played at a relatively decent level, and there has been a penalty taker. Did that penalty taker if there's a slight hesitation, he might look to someone else. And if that eye contact made me, I said, do you want me to take it? I'm happy to take it. If Rashford was a penalty taker, Rashford would say, no, I'm going to take it. Whoever is confident, I remember times Ruud van Nistelrooy was on the pitch. David Beckham would take penalties. Ruud van Nistelrooy was lethal from this one. He was our penalty taker. because times David Beckham took them. I remember I brought up on Twitter the other day that in this, it was actually the second game of the season away from home in the 9-10 season, so similar situations, second game of the season, away from home. Wayne Rooney was on the pitch, we had a penalty at Burnley. Michael Carrick, Michael Carrick took it and missed. I think we lost the title by three or four points that season to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. If Michael Carrick puts that penalty in, different thing. <coughs> was was Carrick selfish for taking that penalty over Rooney? No, it's just sometimes the penalty, ta- I, I've been a penalty taker at times, sometimes the penalty's been given and I've said, no way do I want to take this. My touch isn't there, I don't want to take this penalty. I'm looking around to pass it off to someone, and that happens. And I'm not saying that's what happened to Rashford, but it's a non-story of Pogba puts the ball in.
0: I, I think Rashford fancied it, but because Pogba won the penalty, he was the closest there, he grabbed the ball, what I imagine the conversation would have been, Pogba would have said, hey, can I have this? Is that all right? Rashford says, yep, go for it. I think that kind of relates back to the dynamic in the dressing room. I think Pogba's the leader of the dressing room.
1: I can't imagine Rashford saying, no, I'm the penalty taker, I want it. But, but where do you think this reverses back to the previous week where, forget who wins the penalty, or it yeah, might, uh, might play a factor for you where Pogba won this penalty, Rashford won the penalty against Chelsea, where a lot of people, let's say Gary Neville, were saying he, bullied in, he wanted the ball for himself. Well, he didn't want the ball last week when Rashford took it.
0: Yeah, and that's a big flaw with Neville's argument, mm. I think. Uh, I think there's a bit of an agenda. We, we can get
1: to that later, though. Well, I think... We'll sort of transition into the Gary Neville treatment before we. We're going to touch on the abuse Pogba we got um, a little bit later on, but we'll just in between that the Gary Neville treatment. Not so much Gary Neville, but the whole let's say Sky Sports or media in general their perception of Pogba and how he's, as you say, he was viewed as selfish, wanted this to boost his stats, etc. You know, personally, which we've discussed before, not Pogba's biggest fan, but I think you can also see let's call it an agenda against him you can see that creeping through in terms of the reaction to this
0: see uh, I don't have a problem with any criticism if it's warranted yeah. but the way he kind of carried on about it Gary Neville it, just, it, it screamed of, the, of an agenda
1: everyone was Sorry. waiting for a six part documentary on the penalty <laughs> exactly. like there was this when Harry Kane stole that goal off Christian Erickson was it last season or the season before I don't re- re- remember a cross came in and Harry Kane tried to get at the end of it it looked like oh, maybe yeah, maybe yes, glanced yes. the pubic hair yeah. and it's gone into the back of the net and he's played it. I think that was the season before. And that mentality reported from the English media to Harry Kane—that's a winner's mentality. That's a striker who, who wants his goals. And now it's Paul Pogba, a black Frenchman, who's oh no, he's, it's only his ego. He's just doing it to boost his stats. So that's not going to help the team. Where well, it's celebrated when it's Harry Kane, and heavily criticised when it's Paul Pogba. And we can sit here and say that's an agenda, which I think it is. And where that agenda stems from, who knows? There are uh, plenty of different facets, but one of the things which obviously was brought to light after the game was the abuse online of Paul Pogba and the racial abuse. And I heard Adam McCullough talking about it the other day, which was very interesting and 100% correct in my opinion. If this is Chelsea, we say, oh, look at Chelsea fans. When it's Liverpool, we say, oh, look at Liverpool fans, look at Arsenal fans, look at Tottenham fans. And When it's us and the United fans, say, oh, they're not really United fans. Well, oh, no, hang on, these people probably are. They probably go to the game, they probably have the United Show They probably are fans. You have to yeah, you have I mean, to own them. As...
0: Uh, I, I don't think they would tweet what they tweeted without having any allegiance to the club. I mean, that might not be... It stems
1: out of the frustration of dropping the points and missing the penalty. Yeah, night. most probably.
0: But I, I don't think that's any excuse. Oh, no, no, well, not, not, not an excuse. Not that you're excusing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think a proper fan would yeah. behave like that. I think you can make the same argument for the Chelsea, the Liverpool fans, whoever else it may be. Um, but, I mean, the bottom line is they still are a fan of the club. I mean, we can go into the nitty-gritty about, you know, how dedicated or how good of a fan they are. Obviously, they're yeah. a shocking fan after what they've done. But they still do have an allegiance to the club.
1: Yeah. No, it's... um. As I say, a lot of people know how big a fan I am of Pogba, and this is something where his future is still up in the air, and little things like this, just the general abuse he's got before, nothing to do with his race, but the abuse he's copped last season, now it has turned into a racial debate, and rightly so, it's something that needs to be brought to attention, but it's something I think maybe could push him out the door. I think his own fans, as we've just mentioned, okay, they're not proper fans, but they are fans in his own backyard, who have given that type of abuse. I think you've agreed that if we didn't bring a midfielder in, you can't afford to let Pogba go. And I think it potentially could sort of maybe force his hand to push for that move even more.
0: And I talk about that in my episode that's about to be released. Yeah. I think now that the club's taken the stance of zero tolerance towards racism
1: and... Which, which I'm sure they've always had. Like There was, well, that, of course. There was that report, which I'll continue your point in a, in a second but there's a point where Old Trafford has the most arrests in terms of race, racial incidents and there was this thing oh, yeah. Man, United, Man United fans are the most racist. Well there's two ways you can look at it. You can say we have the highest number of um, arrests due to those incidents being reported. If there's a hundred incidents at let's say Chelsea for example and no incidents get reported, they have zero arrests. Doesn't mean those hundred incidents didn't happen. But yeah, this, no, you, for sure. You know, but so that, in terms of a lot of people who saw that stat, I think you have to look at that with no, a bit uh, of context. I think
0: the message from the club is a good one. However, I can only assume that it's reasonable. I mean, I haven't experienced racism, certainly not to that extent that Pogba received. Yeah. So I can only imagine what it was like for him. I can only imagine that someone who experienced what he imagined, uh, experienced what he experienced, that would turn him off the club. And I don't have a problem with that. I think already he wanted to leave. We, we all know that. He doesn't want to be there. I think this is probably the tipping point for him. I think it's perfectly reasonable for him to feel that way. And I make the point in my episode that's about to come out. I say that, you know, in the past he's wanted to leave and there's been that anger towards him. Because yeah. we have all kind of felt that he should put his head down and you know, get to work, and you know, after all the dramas, everything with Mourinho, you know, who's well, he to then want to leave? Well, well that's but, what I think. Oh, but continue. now, but now I think he's justified in wanting to leave, and I don't think the club can hold him back. I know there's only you know, a week left in the window. We can't sign anyone, but if he comes to the club and says, "Look, guys, I've just coped all this racial abuse online. I mean, it's really affected me. I don't want to put myself through it anymore. I want out." I need out. Yeah. If the club then doesn't grant him that, I think they're making hypocrites
1: of themselves. Yeah. No, that's an interesting way, and not just interesting, it's a correct way of looking at it. And the one thing, I'm not taking any positives away from this at all, but from a personal point of view of keeping Pogba, one thing which I'd like to see, and hopefully from the reaction of proper fans online and in Manchester, is there looks like there will be a very positive reaction to Pogba this weekend. In terms of a visible show of support, I'm not sure whether it's going to be in the, the sort of much maligned players wearing shirts in the warm-up, etc., or there'll be, you know, his name when his name gets read out at the start of the game, a big cheer. Or I think we'll see shirts on the players in the warm-up.
0: and I think majority of the crowd, you know, 90% of the crowd will just. Oh, I, you know, I think even give them a
1: massive cheer. I, I think I, I, even even yourself, even yourself I'll follow you on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Nick uh, um, United Down Under. One of probably, as we said, Pogba's biggest critics. But when this news started to break, you're the first to defend him as well. And oh
0: yeah, I've shattered. Yeah, I mean,
1: you, you do. I think that's. What you said 90% of the crowd, 95%, hopefully 100% of the crowd, even who the ones who don't like him there on Saturday, will be his biggest supporters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to give him some love, but I don't know if that can be enough to make him yeah. not use that as a way of you know wanting out. I guess. I mean. The weight of what he received versus the positive reception, uh, I don't know, it it comes down
1: to the individual. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Now, before we get into the Palace match, if there's a penalty against Palace, I would love nothing more personally than Pogba to step up and score. I don't think that'll happen, but if we do get a penalty against Palace, who's taking it? (laughs) We have this debate after Chelsea. Um, You
0: know what, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I mean, I agree with you about Pogba. But at the same time,
1: it would be nice if Oli put his foot down and said, yeah. from now on, it's Rashford. Yeah, well, I, I think Oli has to come out now, not come out, but I think behind closed doors, and they'd say, look, whatever is the right thing to do or wrong thing to do, let's just have a penalty. If Rashford, if you miss, you miss, take the next one, you're going to be. You know I, I would not have a problem if the only two penalty takers for the season are Rashford and Pogba.
0: Uh, if you score, you keep taking. If yeah. you miss, the next guy
1: comes in. Between yeah. the two of them, score, uh, pl- take it until you miss.
0: Yeah, pretty
1: much. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what most teams have really. Um, now, we will get into Crystal Palace. They haven't had the best start at Crystal Palace. I think they had a draw against Everton and they had a loss against someone. I should know. So should I, but I don't. I th- actually, I think they lost to Sheffield United. I think. Possibly. The last game we lost. Yeah, last Yeah, it might have been it. Possibly. Ho- hopefully they did. Um, but they've still got some talent. Townsend always turns on against the big clubs. Zaha yep. Zaha's still obviously a good player. Um, he loves first us. Has he got a good record? I don't think he has a great record against us. No, he... I don't think he plays well, but doesn't... Um... He plays different against yeah. us. It'll be, it'll be an interesting game, because they do have that pace on the break. United, you think, will dominate the game. Because I was surprised against Wolves how much we actually dominated, but maybe didn't create the chances. But I was expecting, especially in the first half, Wolves to have a lot more possession, but it was United with the ball. So I think we will dominate Palace, um, which will be interesting with their pace on the break. <laughs> I think we have the same amount of possession against Paz as what we did against Wolves. Should create more though. Yeah we should. Well I'm hoping we, cre- we didn't create anything then.
0: That's a problem that we've had for a long time now. Even going back to probably Van Gaal I'd say. Not so much more, more Van Gaal yeah. and you know, since then. When it's a team that parks a bus against us, we don't really have the tools to break them down. Yeah.
1: And well speaking we, we, of that.
0: We, we might sneak a goal.
1: Speaking of breaking them down, I think the back four picks itself. we said De Gea or back five. We've got De Gea or Wan-Bissaka, Maguire, Lindelof, and we assume Luke Shaw, sure. we'll both agree he's the right I, player I'd to play be,
0: I'd be surprised if he
1: doesn't get picked, yeah. But, but you'd definitely pick him there, or you would? Oh, I would pick him, yeah. 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 Okay, so, so we've got our back four, he'll be interesting, do you think he changes the shape so far, or throughout pre-season and the first two games, he has had two, I wouldn't call holding midfielders, but he's definitely got two midfielders in there, do you think that stays mm-hmm. the same, or do you think I think At it will, home yeah. to Palace, he'll maybe just shift one and put Pogba further forward?
0: No, uh, I think it will be the same formation. I think it will be 4-2-3-1 again. So your two in midfield are Pogba and McTominay? I think that's probably what we'll see. It wouldn't necessarily be mine You're
1: bringing Natic in? Him or Fred, probably. Well, oh, forget about oh, Yeah, To be honest, I forgot about Fred. I was looking forward to seeing him in pre-season. Obviously, he didn't go to Perth, but um, he's back now, so he's in training. I don't think he played in the... A few people noticed that United did play Sheffield United the other day. I think they played Blackburn before the Chelsea match, behind closed doors, and just played Sheffield United earlier this week and won 3-1. Um, with Pereira Gomez and Greenwood with goals I don't think Fred played I think the midfield was Matic Pereira and Mata I think yep um a Matic and McTominay midfield doesn't really
0: get me excited uh. especially at home against Crystal Palace I'd even say that it's probably showing a lack of ambition if you played them two together at home against Crystal Palace i think Fred's more likely to come in
1: uh or even Gomez, you know? Well, we, well, in that two, Gomez isn't going to come in in that two. No, no. So, would you play... In, uh, uh, so let, let's say the two. I've got Pogba with Tomine. Personally, I think Tomine will be by himself. I think I'll push Pogba first. I think it'll be more a 4-3-3 than a 4-2-3-1. See, if it's a 4-3-3 and you're playing one holding mid, I think even though
0: match had a pretty poor pre-season, I think he's much better suited to play that role Fair. than Tomine. Yeah. interesting. Uh, I, I really can't see him making too many changes from the Chelsea match. Yeah. I think we'll play a very similar team. Wouldn't be surprised if you see Gomez or Greenwood come in for Pereira from that match. Uh, well, Pereira and Daniel James. Oh, on that, uh, on that f- right from side. For the
1: Chelsea match. For the Chelsea match? From the Chelsea match, yeah. So um, on the right hand side, who would you. In that? okay, it's Palace It's it's the game we should dominate. hmm. Greenwood, they're both not right-wingers, but they're both players who can play off the wing and come in. Do you prefer Greenwood or Gomez? I'd be shocked if either of them start. Oh, I wouldn't mind to see them start, but in a different role than on the right. See, I think we
0: could see Greenwood from the right. I don't think we see Gomez from the right. Yeah. I think he's more suited to the left or number 10. Um, see, we could see Daniel James again. I don't think he deserves to start after... Mm. The performance against Wolves, I mean, I like the kid, but he had a, he had a bit of a shocker, let's be honest I don't think
1: here. he was that bad, I think he just, for now, he is suited to what he is, what he was against Chelsea. Come off the bench with 20 to go, I think that's what suits him. Wolf- but I, th- I
0: think another aspect is, you compare the Chelsea uh, formation, I guess, to the Wolves one, Wolves were a lot deeper, so there was less space for him to kind of yeah. run into.
1: Which is the perfect evidence of that, is the goal that he scored against yeah, Chelsea.
0: for sure. Um, against Crystal Palace this weekend, I think it'd be kind of similar. They're going to be parking the bus. Yeah. Maybe not the best to be breaking them down.
1: Well, on the right, that's where I think. I don't know whether on the right, I said this last week, he should come in on the right, and when he eventually did come in on the right, to be honest, he didn't have much time to do anything, but the time that he did have on the pitch didn't do anything. Um, one matter. Personally, i play him through the middle now. I think Lingard it hasn't been as bad as a lot have been made out, but I think I'll bring Matter in for Lingard. Um, do you bring Matter in in any position, or do you stick with Lingard? No, I would have played Matter against Wolves. Probably not against Crystal Palace.
0: He's got a good record against Palace. I know they've scored that nice goal from outside the box
1: a few seasons ago. No, they've scored a few. So... Um... But I wasn't aware a of a good record. Scored a penalty against... away at Palace. He's got, he's got a couple of goals. Okay. Oh, four or five goals. Jeez, okay. oh, are close. Almost knocked me orange juice over. Um, that was close. Good save. David De Gea. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that's a good record, I think. Not enough Not enough to start? No. N- not not enough for me.
0: Um, see, I wouldn't have kept him on, matter. I, I don't think... I mean, purely for this reason as well. I don't think he... Can really affect the majority of the games. I think there's a very specific sort of game that he needs to be playing in to really have that effect. For me, Wolves last week would have been that type of game. Crystal Palace not so much. Um, wouldn't even mind Lingard from the right
1: and someone else's number 10. Would For you example, see... uh, Angel Gomez. Uh, I would be okay with that. Well I think there will come a time where Solskjaer does throw Gomez in just as a surprise. He'll try him in at number 10 and see how he goes. I'd, look, I'd love it. i even love it to him come over ahead of Matter this week. I just don't think it'll be this week. But I think there will come a time where Gomez gets thrown in. Now, just on your little bit on Matic just then, or a little bit earlier, Robert co- commented on Facebook post saying he'll play Matter as a 10, Lingard off the right, and bring Matic in. So I think that does lean to a four three three. Well and Well, le- at least Matic maybe you know over McTominay. So, Matic, Pogba, Mata? Yeah, almost that middle three. So I assume that is, again, a 4-2-3-1? Yeah, I mean... Suits Oli, or what Oli looks like is... That could work as well. It's, it's a bit of an unfortunate
0: predicament that we're in, really. I mean, we're talking about square pegs and round holes here. It is, once again, it goes back to the poor transfer policy. We don't have a right winger. I think so we just we'll...
1: say that extra midfielder. I think Solskjaer would like to play a 4-3-3. It just ha- It doesn't have that extra midfield. We can argue, maybe bring... Yeah, I made the same point. Maybe bring Fred in, and Fred, would you trust him to come in? We would love him to come in and do well. Um, if you play, okay, whether it be or McTominay, then you play Pogba and Fred ahead. Do you trust Fred to come in and perform against Palace? No, but I think, <laughs>
0: I think we're that desperate at the moment. that It's probably worth chucking him in and seeing how he goes. I much prefer a 4-3-3 over a 4-2-3-1, and with Fred, yeah, I mean, I have said that I've lost hope in him, I think there's substance to that, I think there's uh, many reasons why some would feel that way, but I guess if there's the one thing that you could kinda, the one glimmer of hope that you could attach to Fred is that Lindelof had a really bad first season.
1: Last season, it was fantastic. Oh Yeah, you can't write Fred in terms of his future off. Like, you have to get in this season and, and see how he goes. Um, you now, just move up front. Obviously, Martial, two goals in two games. He starts up front. He's got to. Um, yep. Alexis off the left, is it? Wow. <laughs> no, I don't wow. know. <laughs> no, um, yeah, wow. I was talking to a mate the other day and... Again, we say it every week on this podcast, you forget Alexis Sanchez plays for United. You just forget. Apparently, he played yep. this behind closed doors. But, um, no, obviously, Rashford off the left, he didn't have a great game against Wolves.
0: Don't think he was awful. Wasn't fantastic,
1: yeah. though. But, he, uh, obviously, I think Rashford and Rashford, they almost picked themselves now. I, I think, unless there's an injury, I think they're they almost two of the first names under Oli. Yeah, I uh, I mean, agree they're, they're, agree that, completely That right side You think Okay you've got Almost five options That you can sort of Try and fit in but That left and central role now Is Unless they're an in, They're both injured Yeah both pretty much uh, I can't imagine
0: Ollie benching Rashford In favour of Anybody else Unless he was rotating him To You know Spare oh, his no, energy
1: I know that, That'll eventually happen but, in, a, in a few weeks time But these no, first mean, four games that I think For tactical reasons Nah yeah. they picked themselves, like you said. No, 100%. Um, now, before we just move on to wrap up, is there anything United related that we haven't touched on? Any big news? There is the Sanchez things, which I think we'll... well we touched on Sanchez in a podcast or two ago. I assume when the window closes, it looks like he might leave now. It looks, it looks quite possible. It, it, it looks like they're just kind of yeah.
0: deliberating over percentages.
1: Yeah, and so, of so when it gets to this stage, it does look like something might happen. So I think when... We could probably do a two-hour long special on his time at the club, I think, when he leaves. So I think we'll touch on him in more detail when the window closes. There's no any ins. There's the potential in of (coughs) Lorente on a free transfer, which I don't see anything in, but there is a touch noise because we can still sign a free transfer. So for those who don't know, Lorente, ex-Spurs man, is on a free transfer or he is without a club. So technically we can bring him in as a striker. Don't think we will. Yeah, no, I honestly don't, don't think we will, but don't, there, don't think there is will. that possibility, and when you do look at it, say Anthony Rush or Rush would do get an injury, they're out for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't have a striker. No.
0: We sold we, Lukaku,
1: we we're going to be selling the Sanchez. I mean, we probably should, for the sake of getting the numbers in, because yeah. we're so light
0: at the moment. But you think about when we sold Lukaku and didn't replace him. What did Solskjaer say? He said... If we signed a replacement striker, that impedes on Greenwood's development. Yeah. So yeah. If, if he then goes and signs Lorente, I mean he's kind of built a rod for his own back now. Yeah. So if you, oh, sign, yeah, if right, you right. signs Llorente, people are going to say, well, what about Greenwood then? Yeah. Well, if Greenwood's going to be first choice or preferred over Llorente, yeah. Then what
1: was the point of signing
0: Llorente? I mean, it, yeah.
1: No, no. Look, the Llorente deal makes sense, but I just don't think, it's just the wrong time, the wrong scenario for him to come in. It's yeah. A, it's a weird one. But And he's
0: not Premier League proven either.
1: Yeah, he I didn't mean, have a great time at Spurs. I no, think he, he didn't. I think he sort of popped up with one or two important goals, but over, I think he's there for two years. You went long spans without scoring. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully we won't have to talk about Lorente too much, because hopefully he won't be joining. <laughs> um, no, it is good finally we do have a Saturday night kickoff midnight which isn't too bad um, before the clocks change. now Larry and I will do a podcast hopefully next week and on the 31st Saturday the 31st we'll be at Piermont Bridge Hotel because it's a 9.30 kick off against Southampton so we'll promote that a little bit more but we'll definitely be down there that night and anyone who wants to come on and have a chat on the podcast and have a few beers will definitely be there um be in the new black kit I assume do you like the new black kit yeah it's lovely yeah uh, I think yeah no I was surprised I saw it in person the other day um uh, rebel in the city and I was it looks a lot better in person than I'm on... it looks a lot like the third kit from 15-16 season yeah no that was a very nice kit anyway enough about kids Larry can talk about it he's the one who loves the kits um so again, thank you to Nick for joining us. Um, make sure... When's your next podcast out? You just said you've recorded. Oh, that
0: should be out in the next 24 hours.
1: Next yep. 24 hours. So follow him at United Down Under on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And also keep interacting with us on social media. If you ever we put a post up, just read a comment. I'd say Robert's comment in the last couple. We'll read out anything he puts. So if you've got any topics or questions on anything we're doing, feel free to put it in the comments below. Um, thank you all. I think we just hit over... I was discussing with Larry. We don't know if this is good or bad or just average. but this episode 22 and the last podcast we did in total just went over 2,000 listens. Like in total, I like combined all the episodes together. But thank you all for the support and hopefully Larry and I can discuss a win next week against Palace. So thank you, Nick.
0: Thanks
1: for having me. No pleasure. So see you next week. Cheers.